Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast, hosted by myself, Ami Kamal, and Jay Park. And Jay, man, let's jump right into it, man. Our favorite player, or should I say your favorite player, Steph Curry. He's on an enormous run this season. And I know beginning of the season, me and you pretty much predicted that he's going to be the MVP and get his third trophy. But let's highlight some of the amazing tasks that he's done this year uh, so far, especially this, this week. So he played against the Atlanta Hawks. And they beat them 127 to 113. And he, he pretty much had a huge milestone by dropping 50 points and 10 assists. And he overtook Will Chamberlain to become the oldest player to do that. And he's still in his young 30s. He's 33. That's, that's pretty much a huge accomplishment. But right now, the Golden State Warriors are on a seven-game winning streak. On Friday, they faced the Chicago Bulls. And they won 119 to 93. And he had 40 and 10 against Big Bro Lonzo. But that wasn't the only highlight. He also managed to overcome... Ray Allen in dropping the most threes in a NBA regular season combined with the postseason. He still hasn't done that for the regular season alone, but that's still a huge accomplishment. But what's your thoughts on your man Curry doing all that? Yeah, so like you said, like he's 33 years old and we're just t- looking at the, the season numbers here and like what he is doing is just nothing short of spectacular, like averaging 28 points, more than six assists, more than six rebounds and shooting 40% from three and for him, it's a little bit of a drop-off, and I'm sure it's going to rise over time, uh, over the course of this regular season, but 45 from the field. And like you were saying, what he's doing, putting on a show on a nightly basis is, is just in- incredible. And it's not like these numbers and these showings are doing nothing for the squad. They're winning games. You know, they're on a seven-game win streak, and they're 11-1. and one. Like, who would have ever predicted? Like, I want to even ask if there was even one person on the planet that's maybe not a Warriors fan who would have thought that, oh, Warriors are going to start out the season winning 11, uh, 11 of the first 12 games. Like, nobody would have thought that. Like, yes, they've had an easy schedule, but still, to have 11-1 and one as your overall record with an easy schedule doesn't matter. Like, it still means you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is taking care of business and beating the teams that you're supposed to beat. And Granted that the Bulls did not have Vucevic in that game one against the, the Warriors, they're still a good team. I mean, you still got a stud in Zach Levine and you still got a stud in DeMar DeRozan who's, who are both playing real well and their defense is no joke. In the third quarter was when the game was already a blowout. And like, I know you were, a bit, you were too busy watching the World Cup qualifying matches, but for me as an avid basketball fan, I was watching that game and I had turned the freaking game off as soon as I knew that the Warriors started to go on this run. Because that's the vintage championship warrior staple. If you look back at the Warriors uh, championship runs, when Steph Curry won it the one time without KD, and then the two times that they won it with KD, the third quarters were always the quarter that the Warriors just come out and putting the other team on notice and just putting him on blast. That's what they're doing And Exactly. And this is what they're doing now in this regular season. So, like, this is part of – like the biggest reasons why that everyone is kind of now marking the Warriors to be top contender favorites for this season. And it's de- deservingly so, but it's just right now what Steph Curry do- is doing against Trey Young, who's an upcoming uh, next generation of talent for the point guard and uh, doing that against Lonzo Ball. And now maybe going to put another showing tonight against LaMelo. It just shows that his game has never dropped a beat and his game is aging well with the style of the game and how it's progressing right now. So the Warriors faced the Hornets tonight. And so he faced Alonzo Ball on Friday. He's facing LaMelo, the younger brother, tonight. And he's pretty much going to be facing the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday. Just him going out to these arenas and, and putting on a show for the other fans is quite remarkable. 
But right now, I believe that the, the major headline that's going to be is once he passes Ray Allen in regular season. So right now, Steph Curry has 2,896 three-pointers made, and Ray Allen has 2,973. And their difference is pretty much 77. And we pretty much took a look at their schedule, and we predicted that he could potentially do that in the beginning of December if he, he keeps on shooting at this pace. He's Right now, he's averaging about five to six. But if we look at their schedule up until December, Steph Curry is pretty much going to have a choice, whether he wants to drop it at his home arena or away. And we know what he definitely wants to do it at home. So in beginning of December, he faces the Suns, followed by the Spurs, followed by the Magic, and followed by Dame Lillard and the Trill, uh, Portland Trailblazers. Do you think that he's pretty much going to handpick where he wants to do it? And if so, against what team? Because he'd rather drop it on Dame Lillard than a Jalen Suggs or a, or a Cole Anthony or a, or a Murray, right? So what's, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, no, you're, you're spot on. I, I would definitely agree with you and say that he's most likely to uh, handpick which games he wants to shoot the number of threes and convert and make the number of threes that he has pre-planned in his mind because he knows that the, the moment that he's going to have surpassing Ray Allen's three-point uh, career record is only going to come once, right? You can only pass and break a person's record one time. So he wants, A, to do that at home, like you pointed out, and B, to do it on a game that has national media coverage, which won't be against the Magic or the Spurs. It'll be on ESPN on December 8th against Dane at, at Golden State's home arena in the new Chase Center. I believe that Curry will make sure that he paces himself so that, that during that game, he'll likely pass the record. And I'm almost certain that he would want to pass the record at the beginning of the game in the first quarter. Yeah, I agree with that too. And it's just going to be a matter of time, man, especially against, especially like a huge accomplishment like that. Because once you take over an NBA record, that's a huge milestone for, for your career. Let's move on to what's been happening this week, man. Uh, we know the NBA has been quite soft with how it was compared to the 90s, but this was a pretty interesting week because we had, I don't want to say brawls, but we had two separate hug fests this week. And uh, let's start off with the Nikola Jokic situation with uh, Markeith Morris. So the Miami Heat faced the Denver Nuggets and Markeith Morris, we know that he's one dirty player, man, just like his brother. There, there came a situation where the ball was falling and he pushed Jokic in a very dirty way, you could say. But Jokic did not take that lightly. He just shoved the hell out of Markeith Morris. And that pretty much took over the NBA, Twitter, media, broadcasted pretty much throughout the league. And a lot of other players reacted to it. But we've seen uh, Jokic's brothers get involved with it. Uh, we've seen Marcus Morris, Markeith's twin, get involved with it. But just with that little situation there and, and getting Jokic's brothers involved with it, what, what, what's your thoughts on that? So I believe that Morris was the one who instigated it because... As usual. Why... As usual, of course, you know, either one of the Morris twins will will instigate stuff that's uncalled for and unnecessary and just not part of the flow of the game. You know, they they like to cause a scene and that's what they did. And Jokic being a big guy, you know, like he didn't want to take that because Morris probably had uh, in the back of his mind, oh, if I do this, I could probably get away with it because like, you know, Jokic is not the type of guy that he's going to, you know, be violent. He's going to uh, not react negatively to what he's doing. Maybe he's going to freak out and go to the ref and say, you know what, why did you miss this call? Did you just see what he did? But Yoke was like, you know what? I'm not going to let anyone bully me around. I'm not going to let anyone think that they could do something to me and get away with it. I'm going to let everybody know and put everybody on notice that if you try to do some shady shit like this to me, like I'm going to react. 
like, don't hit me without thinking that you're going to get hit back. So, Jokic, I believe he had every and, and right that's exactly to what that's exactly what Shaq said, too. You can't just hit me and walk away and not expect me to hit you back, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, if Jokic did something and had given Morris a very valid reason to hit him, that would be a different situation. But Jokic is just playing a game. Morris was the one who just did some cheap shot. And Yoke was like, yo, you're not just going to give me a cheap shot for no reason and get away with it. I'm going to hit you back. So Jokic had every right to retaliate, and I'm, I'm proud of him because I'm actually glad that he did this because if he didn't, I can guarantee you that in the playoffs, when things get a little bit more physical, when things get a little bit more chippy and the refs don't blow the whistle as much, they were probably going to take advantage of him bully, and bully him as much as they can to get uh, under his skin. So good on Yoke on standing up for himself. I mean, it's unfortunate that, yes, uh, he got suspended and Morris and Butler only got fined. That doesn't make any sense. But I guess the league has a clear preference for Miami Heat players to see. Well, Butler, Butler was the one that said, come to the back, come to the back. I don't know what he meant by that. I know they definitely don't want to go play bingo in the back, but you know what's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen in that. But uh, let's let's move on to the other uh, hug fest. This one was pretty much between your man Miles Turner. I know you're a huge fan of Miles Turner, and just the fact that he he got into it with Rudy Gobert. We know that Rudy Gobert is one of the most hated players in the NBA, especially because he introduced the coronavirus to the league. Uh, he's a three-time yeah. Defensive Player of the Year, and we know that other players are not. They don't respect him as 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 he feels that he should be respected. But he pretty much was falling downwards and he pulled down miles turner's shorts while he was falling down and just the fact after that happened they started getting into a little scuffle rudy gobert didn't react to it in a in a positive manner of course turner said afterwards that he thought it was a dirty play gobert pulled my shorts i wasn't about to have that and i had to stand up for myself in that situation and rudy gobert reacted by saying guys need to stop acting like they get into fights they know that in two seconds 20 security guards are gonna jump in between them and if, if somebody wants to fight, I'm easy to reach. Uh, I think a player like that is definitely a huge hypocrite just by saying that because this is not the WWE. And I think that Rudy Gobert is really not about that life. You saw when he cried and he said, oh, the main reason for my crying is because my mom, the way she reacted to me not being an all-star, that, that kept me in an emotional moment. I think he's not about that life, man. But what's, what's your thoughts on Gobert reacting like that? And just the NBA, I think the NBA needs to be like the NHL and just allow a little allow guys to let it out themselves because it's getting out of hand. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, the changes uh, that have been made with the rulings that allow the NBA referees to not blow the whistle as much. So obviously like, you know, it, it clearly guys like Luca, Trey Young, James Harden, they're not the biggest fans of the rule changes because it affects players like that who, you know, been taking advantage of uh, the, the rules before that favored players like that. In the past, but now with things like that in mind, NBA players are kind of like, you know what, like, I guess they're not going to call it. So I guess I'll be more physical. They're not going to call it. I guess I'll be a little bit more chippy. They're not going to call it. I guess it could be a little bit more aggressive. I could be, I guess it could be a little bit more dirty and get away with things. So Gobert, he's the one who was just frustrated. I mean, Miles Turner was just flat out playing him in that game. And Miles Turner has an in for Rudy Gobert because, uh, a few years back, when Turner was playing for the, the USA Olympic team and Rudy was playing for the France team and France won that game, Gobert uh, might have played better than Turner in that game. But Turner, deep down, he realizes that, you know what, I'm just as good as he is, if not better. And there's no way that he's so much better than me that he's getting this type of money where, you know, he's making, what, 27.5 mil this year. And then 
take this in. The next five years, Rudy's going to be taking in. He just signed up the, the max pretty much with Utah. So he's going to he's gonna take in 35 mil next year, 38 mil after that, 40 mil, 43 mil, 46 mil. So, yeah, like what you're saying, the max. While Miles Turner is only earning 18 mil a year. Yeah, right? and, and we know that three of those Defensive Player of the Year awards, we know that Turner wanted at least one of them. And, at least uh, one of them. Yeah. And and to be honest, like Turner is more versatile and skilled than Rudy Gobert because last time I checked, when's the last time that we see Rudy Gobert even t- attempt a three, right? Like Ooh, Miles a three, Turner, like even even dribble. All he does is just post up and try to dunk. That's it. <laughs> I've never seen and him Miles dribble or see at least at least Miles Turner. He he could run the floor, like he has the he ability to do that. Floor. But Rudy Gobert, I mean, yeah, all the all I see him do is screen and and post up pretty much. And to be honest, like Miles Turner is also four years younger. So he has more value and more time to be allocated during his NBA career than Rudy Gobert does at this point in, in, in his career. But the fact is that Turner was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to make sure every time I play against Utah or every time I play against Gobert, like, I'm going to put him on notice. And that's what he did. And Rudy Gobert did not like that because obviously, like, no one likes to be publicly humiliated, especially if they're being outplayed by someone who is supposedly not at their level to Rudy Gobert's thinking. So – you know what? Gobert instigated the fight, and then obviously him reacting the way he did and saying, "You know what? We, everybody know we're not gonna fight." You know what? Like no one's actually gonna be swinging, uh, swinging arms, and you know throwing palms. I mean throwing hands. Like I, I mean, just 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 him saying that it just makes him look pretty much out of character, man. Because we know that Rudy Gobert is not respected in the league, and and we saw that with the previous All Star when he was the last person voted on a team. That just goes to show you. Remember when uh, LeBron and KD were doing votes? He, he was the last man standing. That's that's quite embarrassing, man. And deservingly so. And deservingly so. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Miles Turner was like, you know what? Like, and now I know Shaq publicly will say that, like, he's okay with Rudy now and that, you know, he's okay with him earning that much money. But deep, deep, deep down, deep down Shaq paved, is still he mad. Paved, he paved the way. He paved the way for, for right? people like that to get paid. Exactly. So like Rudy Gobert is, is, is he's kind of like public enemy number one in the eyes of a lot of NBA players. But yeah, man, they, this couple has been has been trending news throughout the NBA uh, this, these past few weeks, this past week, actually. And we know we know ESPN loves to do lists, but uh, Kendrick Perkins created a, a <laughs> top tef- toughest NBA player list. And number one goes to Udanis Haslam, the Miami Heat legend who only stepped on the court freaking twice in the past two years. Second one is James Johnson. We know James Johnson has has a black belt in karate or whatever kung fu business that he gets into. Third one is Patrick Beverly. We know that Russell Westbrook is not a huge fan of Beverly, and he says Beverly all he does is just run around the court and pretend like he's doing much, but we know that he's definitely tough, but I don't know if he's top three. Fourth is Montrez Harrell, and fifth is P.J. Tucker. What's your thoughts on this list, and do you think that these guys deserve to be on it, or <laughs> are they actually tough, or are they just, they just good actors? I got to first say, Udonis Haslam should not even be on that list or, or on any list. Anybody who's 41 years old should not be on any active player list in the NBA, okay? Like, let, let, let's say that out now. Yeah, um, he's not, he's not active. I, I think he is a little bit tough, but... He, he's a little bit tough, but, you know, when most of your facial hair and color on your head is, is more gray than black, yeah, that's, uh, that's not a good sign, you know? You could be tough internally, but externally, you, your body might not react the way that your mind wants to. All right. I'm sure like a lot of people will say that after they uh, hit a certain age in their in their lives, because, uh, you know, what? like uh, I'm sure most guys, you know, they want to they want to be as active as they were in their 20s and 30s. But, you know, there's a reason why guys in their 40s and 50s and 60s start taking pills like Viagra. 
All right. So like you don't have them, you don't you don't belong on that list, man. And I know you're just sucking up to um, I mean, Perk is sucking up to Udonis because Udonis called him out on Twitter. And we all know that Kendrick Perkins uh, loves and lives on Twitter. But James Johnson, I agree with. Pat Bev, obviously. Harold, obviously. Tucker, obviously. But I would add, I would add Jimmy Butler on here. I would say an honorable mention might be Giannis Antetokounmpo because Jimmy doesn't play. Giannis like He's actually about that life. And same think, thing with Giannis. I think Giannis, too. Giannis he, has a, he, has a, he has a little baby face, but man, that guy, I'm pretty sure he's... He's pretty good at calming his nerves, and I'm pretty sure if he throws a smack or a punch, bodies are going to be laid down just the way they he's, could, he's built. Because I know you, you can relate to this, man. Like if I have Jimmy, I can't, or, or I can't relate to you, honest man. I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know that if you and I are walking down a, a very dark, you know, dimly lit alleyway in Abu Dhabi, you know, if we got Giannis or Jimmy, you know, we're not worried. You know, we're not worried for nothing. Oh, man. we're not I mean, worried. Like, yeah. You know, we got we got Giannis or Jimmy. But let me in the, in the, let me add somebody else to that crew, man. Steven Adams. I think Steven Adams is not oh, for yeah. Clippers. Steven Adams, yeah, no, he's not, man. You see how like he he's probably the strongest guy in the NBA. So like you yeah, know, like he, he won't back down for no one. This, this this is quite interesting, man. But let's see the next few weeks, especially towards the holiday season, if we're gonna have more hug fest or not. But it's it's, it's been quite interesting. That's that, that's all for today's episode, everyone. Thanks for listening. Catch you guys in the next one. We definitely have a lot of NBA in our hands, and November is pretty much wrapped up, and December is around the corner. Catch you guys in the next one. A lot of basketball. All right. Catch you guys next time.